0: This is episode 2-4 of Free As In Freedom for Tuesday, March 13th, 2012. I'm Karen Sandler.
1: And I'm Bradley Kuhn. This is Free as in Freedom. It's the uh, Fosdom talk show.
0: Uh, I actually love this particular one that we're going to play today because it really shows the kind of knowledge that was in the room. You know, there's like so much expertise about the legal policy issues in free and um, open source software.
1: And it's not actually a talk. So those who have said we've done too many shows with talks, uh, they're wrong because this is actually a panel. <laughs>
0: you're just laughing at me but it's true yeah but I don't know if that's what what people are it's a
1: panel discussion I don't know
0: if that's what people are objecting to I don't know what people are objecting to I think they're objecting to canned content
1: it's not canned we here
0: embrace canned content it wasn't canned
1: (laughs) There were real people recorded with a real microphone. And thanks to producer Dan, who was able to make use of the audio by raising the levels on folks and so forth. Because he used one mic for four people, the moderator plus three panelists.
0: I think he did a really good job. There are some, um, there are some comments from the audience, but I think that it, it still works out okay. Yeah, in
1: fact, the comments for the audience are are, are relatively audible. And Dan uh, increased the audio on those, increased the gain on those, or whatever it is you do. Yay, uh, Dan! So so we have uh, a panel on application store. And the the panelist, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, moderator was Richard Fontana, and there were I was on the panel and a few others. And last time you gave me a hard time about spoiling the beginning, and the beginning introduces everybody, so I won't do that.
0: Great, and we'll be back right after to talk about it.
2: So. Uh, we are uh, privileged to now have a, uh, is this our first panel? Of the yes. yes, our first panel. Uh, we, do we have another panel? Yes. Right on. Yeah. Patent so after this. Uh, we have two panels for your uh, viewing pleasure. The first one is on the subject of app stores, app store distribution and free software. Uh, this is an a increasingly um, important topic or a topic of in- interest to those who uh, are interested in free software generally and those who are interested in free software legal issues in particular. Uh, because app stores and app store distribution is becoming a more and more common way of distributing software, including uh, by uh, free software developers and users of the software released by free software developers. Uh, And uh, maybe, maybe not, uh, you know, I I think we'll we'll get into this issue. Uh, There may be some special legal issues and policy issues uh, raised by uh, free software in the app store context. And so, uh, with that uh, impromptu everybody introduction, everybody. I'm sorry. And should everyone introduce themselves? Oh yes, introductions. So so uh, let me start with uh, Giovanni Galus. Uh, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah. Copy. Oh great. <laughs> um, so so um, I actually forget your your background. Sorry, but but if you could just sort of s- explain, you know, well, uh, your professional I'm background not. and so forth. Yeah. Cool. Well, can I do it now or afterwards? Uh, no. Bradley, what would you recommend?
1: I would recommend you moderate and stop asking me.
2: (laughs) Okay, so um, yeah, just very briefly introduce yourselves. You know, take no more than you know a very brief amount of time.
3: Okay, Uh, very briefly, uh, I'm a lawyer. Even if I'm not in a lawyer attire at the moment, I, I took the liberty to. To, to wear a more proper attire in this, in this place. I deal with uh, uh, open source issues. In the, I dealt with open source issues in the last uh, 10 years and I'm very interested in any kind of field which uh, is uh, connected with uh, internet and uh, freedom. Hugo?
4: Yeah. So my name is Hugo. I'm a member of the uh, Free Software Foundation Europe. Um, so active in the legal team and also a, a team for friends and um, I'm also currently an intern at uh, HP, um, at the uh, Open Source Competency Center, which deals with uh, legal affairs inside HP.
1: Bradley? Uh, I'm Bradley Kuhn, uh, I'm the Executive Director of Software Freedom Conservancy, and you heard about some of my work there in, in Fontana's last talk. Uh, I'm also uh, on the board of directors of the Free Software Foundation, and I, I must admit, w- most of what I know about app stores was uh, research done by Brett Smith at the Free Software Foundation. So. Uh, so I, I,
2: I'd like to bring him here in spirit, since he's the expert uh, at FSF on this topic. Okay, so, um, and I won't introduce myself, I'm Richard Fontana, but that's not an introduction because uh, I'm just moderating. So uh, uh, well, let's start with Giovanni, uh, let me just ask the question just to start off the discussion, is, is there anything interestingly different about um, App Store distribution, after all it's just another form of distribution of software know from a repository to a user over a network so what what, what is what is uh, different or interesting about this
3: it's area? Uh, it's um, i think this is more or less the key issue which, which which is what is the difference between a distribution between a distribution of any kind of uh, software and uh, an app store and uh, i think that there are a few uh, issues which have to be raised the first one uh, being the the huge uh, level of control that the uh, app store um, would say uh, the uh, app store uh, the the legal entity providing the app store does because uh, if you take a look at uh, the app developer uh, terms you find uh, a very uh, huge level of control of uh, uh, what an app developer can upload to the app store and what uh, uh, an the, uh, the end user can do with the app as well i don't know um, how many of you have uh, ever read uh, an uh, app developer uh, agreement <laughs> before uploading uh,
1: yeah, to people to <laughs>
3: people wow uh, I was uh, uh, coming to one of your examples before people complaining about the length of licenses Uh, the uh, Microsoft mobile App Store agreement is a 14 pages uh, document and I cannot manage to count the words because I don't have an Adobe word count application on my Android but that's the only reason I guess uh, if you talk about Uh, If you talk about length, uh, I mean that uh, this would rule out any uh, kind of clarity of the license. But the big big point is that uh, any repository uh, or just a repository of software uh, does not have uh, a degree of control while app stores have. And when it comes with particular app stores like the iPhone App Stores, app store, in that case, the degree of control is very, very deep. Uh, it can do. Uh, it can really bind the developer, and it can really bind the end user. So this is uh, the big, the biggest difference I would point out for the moment. Then we can uh, talk about it later.
2: Uh, so, so Hugo. Uh do you have views on on whether uh, typical app store terms of use and developer agreements uh, generally conflict with with um, you know all free software licenses? Is it just copyleft licenses, or just the mm-hmm. GPL? Um, is that is that uh, obviously that that's there's a perception that there is that problem? Do you have uh, an opinion? Well, on?
4: it really depends um, on which apps are you are talking about because mm-hmm. they are. Really, aspects that uh, projects should consider when they want to distribute their app on some uh, mobile device. Um, All app stores are not equal, definitely not. You can, well, the first step is that some app stores clearly don't want uh, free software in there or copyleft. For instance, um, I think it was uh, one year ago, uh, Microsoft. had uh, some app store for Windows uh, mobile phones, and they had a section uh, about excluded licenses. So all licenses that could not be uh, in, uh, in the app store, and it was just explicitly excluding um, New GPL, uh, Mozilla public license, etc. and so on. So, well, that's the first step. Uh, some are clearly incompatible because they don't want free software. Now, some of them, it's not clear we have a big problem that a lot of app store terms do not acknowledge the existence of free software at all which is kind of surprising because well um, if you look at the the leading mobile uh, opening system right now which is Android it's mostly free software and if you look at app stores um, if you don't count uh, compliant or non-compliant apps on app stores you have a majority uh, sometimes of um, free software there so Non acknowledging the existence of free software is the second most <coughs> important step. And the third step, then, is to have um, an agreement that will not conflict with um, free software licenses. You can have different kinds of conflicts. You can have uh, conflicts because there are restrictions on use of the software. You can have conflicts because of restriction on distribution. Uh, for instance, um, Apple um, end-user agreements when a user downloads an app on the App Store from Apple, they agree to not um, distribute the app on more than five devices, which is clearly something that GPL is not in spirit uh, allowing. So, well, we can argue if it's um, making a legal conflict, does it mean that you cannot uh, distribute GPL on the App Store? Maybe, Uh, but anyway, It's uh, not clear from Apple terms. But we see sometimes um, that uh, it's easy to fix, like because it's all contracts. So if they just say in the contract, you have this kind of limitations, but if you use free software licenses, then you're exempted from these limitations. And then all restrictions can kind of magically vanish. So that that,
2: that raises a question to me. uh, I mean, I think sometimes when we've been discussing this issue, or when I see, I mostly follow the Free Software Foundation's discussions, and and maybe, Bradley, I don't know if you've commented on it independently. I guess maybe on your uh, podcast, or Mm podcast you have. Uh, Is this, I mean, do you think this is, uh, we're assuming that that, um, some of these uh, app store terms of use and and so forth uh, really do conflict with licenses like the GPL. Is this intentional? Uh, Is this an intentional policy decision? Or is it simply an error made by lawyers at the company in question not considering the possibility that some developers might either want to distribute under a free software license or might be including software that is based on, uh, say, partially on uh, GPL, upstream GPL software? Is yep. this intentional or. or so, so I, I, th-
1: I think I, I have to echo what, what Ugo said is that there's. Am I saying your name right? Mm-hmm. Ugo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think I have to echo what he said is that there are uh, different people doing these types of app stores, which means that they have different motivations. It's clear, everybody knows that Microsoft clearly intended to exclude GPL, because they literally wrote that in their license, so it's, that's pretty obvious. I think it's probably a mixed bag with others. But I think you, 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 you made a big assumption in your question, which is assuming this, that, and the other thing. I, I think we have to question the assumptions here. As you might guess, I, I agree with everything Hugo and Giovanni said, but I think it's one of these situations where we're looking at the symptom of a disease, and we should consider what the real disease is. So I want to make an analogy. If you consider getting your software, like going to a supermarket or a grocery store, what's the role of the supermarket with regard to what food you're able to pick up and buy, well they're just a place that collects it, they find vendors that have stuff and they collect it in there. You go in and you can find it and I live in New York City in the United States which means I have very limited selection, I have to go to different stores to get different things because they don't have them because they're so small in large cities like that. But the I don't have to agree to any sort of terms of service or conditions or details to be involved uh, with going in there to buy stuff. Uh, My purchase is really, if I have a problem with the product, I have to go directly to the vendor, not to the supermarket in in most cases. Uh, So unless there's something like it was opened and I take it back. But if it didn't taste good, I just have to go back to the vendor. And this is pretty much how our distribution of software has historically worked. If you consider Debian as the largest app store in the world, It just distributes the software to you, it's a venue, it makes uh, editorial selections as to what it has, and it puts things in different bins, there's the main, and there's the contrib, and there's non-free, and they have policy reasons why they put stuff in different places, but there's no extra agreement, more or less, with Debian. I think what's happening here is a number of large corporations have made a decision that they can have more points of control over software by putting all these agreements and requirements on what you can do. And so when we look at the, oh, they conflict with free software license, oh, the terms and conditions aren't very good, that's looking at a symptom. I think the main problem is, is why are those who are just carrying software, carrying bytes from one place to another for us, providing a venue, why aren't they acting more like supermarkets and and but uh, but instead they're acting like very very unfriendly software companies that want to squeeze more control i think that's the question i want to get to
2: so uh so giovanni uh do you have any views on that is it is it a, an issue of concern about uh, uh as simple as a concern about uh, uh liability exposure by the by the company operating the app store that mm-hmm. that they they want to protect themselves from lawsuits whether whether they're you know GPL enforcement lawsuits or, or uh, patent infringement lawsuits or, you know, <coughs> is it I just an issue of, of concern about minimizing liability risk? Uh,
3: I think, uh, first, uh, I totally agree with the analysis that, that uh, has just been done because uh, the problem is that app uh, stores are really a symptoms, a symptom in general of loss of what uh, uh, Jonathan Zitrain calls generativity. That's uh, uh, in that fu- fueled the uh, the internet. If you think about uh, the before the internet, like Compu- the big CompuServe, A- AOL, they were all walled gardens. Who were just uh, uh, they just vanished overnight with the advent of the web browsing of the internet of the f- of freedom, uh, so to speak. And uh, uh, with app stores, uh, I think that. Uh, We will face some problems also because, uh, uh, to to answer your questions, uh, the uh, App Store's uh, vendors so to call them, uh, provide strange uh, contractual contractual, um, uh, conditions stating one, that they are (coughs) merely acting as an agent uh, of the developer. In so, that, that why this is meant, of course, to avoid any kind of liability, but on the other hand, they put on a contractual agreement, as I said before, a huge degree of control on the app. Those conflicting <coughs> uh, state, those are conflicting statements. You cannot be a mere agent and then control what I do, it's a nonsense. Just to put it not, uh, <laughs> yeah. just not to put uh, in uh, in uh, the juridical term. <laughs> yeah. uh, this would raise some, I think, some serious issues about liabilities and intermediary liabilities, and uh, they should be addressed uh, uh, in uh, in courts. And of course, uh, uh, in this case, the uh, the answer would be, as we uh, heard this morning, uh, maybe. Uh, it may There may, may be some intermediary liability issues, but the main problem is that uh, uh, we have to be aware of the issues. We have to be aware of the fact that it's a different environment and uh, insta- maybe uh, we should have to find a way to react to this uh, environment uh, if it's not possible to shape it in a way that is compatible with uh, uh, o- open source licenses.
4: I think it's just it's just interesting that uh, you started with this comparison with AppCat um, um, and like repositories that we have, I, and I think, well, they have some they share some uh, common points. Like, I mean, we users of GNU/Linux have enjoyed uh, for many years that we have distributions taking care of uh, security issues. We have uh, signing keys that we to make sure that the repository is secure. We have um We trust Debian uh, packages to to be compliant with the licenses, etc. So we have enjoyed this. And so what I want to say is that um, App Store kind of makes sense also for um, general uh, users, mainstream users, because (coughs) they get software from a place where well they have some security control. It's provided by a company, not by not not by Debian. It's a company providing it. But still they they have some um, trust over where the s- software comes from, etc. On the other hand, I think we have to clearly define what we mean with app stores and wha- why they are clearly not the same as um, a, a distribution repository. And um, well, one thing is that app stores are here to um, to provide software, but the software is provided by third parties. Then what it means is that they don't uh, want to, they don't have the same vision over the, the software that a distribution could have. Like, I mean, if you think of Debian, Debian is clearly um, an operating system with some, some vision in it, and it's not something that AppSource want to provide. Then AppSource are um, controlled by uh, an entity, which is um, usually a corporation, and <laughs> it's al- it's almost always in connection with a uh, device. So I think it's the, the, the point here is that it provides a channel of revenue for the app store operators and for uh, app developers and we can say that it could be, uh, maybe, I don't see why it would not be a good way for free software projects to get some money and donations from mainstream users.
1: So oh, I I think, I'm, I'm I not objecting. Oh, and I'm not objecting to the idea of putting up a site which provides the service of shipping bits to you, and some sort of editorial process of deciding, which is more or less. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think, the, I think uh, the the comparison, if you will, is <coughs> apt. Because I think you see that with lots of people doing that with providing their own repositories to Debian and so forth, sometimes mm. not in the vision of the operating system. So you can use that software in that way and has been so used by various companies. The, uh, Canonical set up their own app store using apt. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so it has been used in that way. I think the danger, and this is true with canonicals as it is with apples, as it is with uh, with uh, with Android and so forth. The the requirements, adding these additional terms and conditions. I think that's what you're you're getting to, Giovanni. Is that is that, is that there, you don't to do that business model, you don't actually need to add this other stuff to it. You don't need to add these terms and conditions and so forth. They could be much thinner. The reason they're putting those in is to push a control point. That's when you point out that they're, Ugo, that they're controlled by corporations. The corporations want to put these squeeze points, and of course, Apple is well known for being the worst at putting squeeze points. And not surprisingly, <laughs> the iTunes Plus, all the other things you have to agree to to even get to their App Store, are by far the worst of all these. I'm just trying to call into question of why are we tolerating this at all? I think we should be saying, wait a second, let's set up free app stores, there are people who have tried to do this for Android, they've had tough time, volunteers who have tried to do it just to do it as a voluntary thing to get free software available for Android, for all Android devices, and they've had trouble getting users and so forth because of course Google has a control point of pointing at their own app store which itself has problems too so I I think what I'm trying to do is call into question why why do we say well we have to have the app stores as they are and respond to them well yeah we have to respond and say why they're a problem but when we talk about the problem we should say well the up the main problem is that they exist at all in this way with terms and conditions that are very strict on both sides
2: but is it realistic to expect uh, that model to change i mean you you may get uh, more free software friendly versions of these terms maybe androids are better in your view than uh apples currently but uh is it really so i guess you're saying that we should we should have um independent app stores
1: yeah your question sounds very much like what people said to richard stallman when he started the gnu project (laughs) (laughs) Well, proprietary software business models were the only ones, and he started a project to answer that. I think that's what we need to do with regard to application delivery for devices.
2: Yeah, there's a question from the audience. Why is is the discussion framed around app stores and not just content providers? Because it's the same for uh, digital readers that you get books only for the same thing. Yeah. Is it something special about the software that we're talking about, or is it well, just well, well, that's. Is, is there anything uh, specific to app stores, or is it more generalizable? I think it probably is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's so see. it is a larger phenomenon.
3: I think, I think that the, the, uh, the issues could be the same as long as, as Hugo pointed out, the app store or so to, to call, is connected to a device or a series of devices, and there's an entity which controls the, the device and controls the entry point.
1: Well, I, I think that's not so much true in Android, right? Because there's so many types of devices that yeah. are that run Android. It's not tied to any one specific device. It's tied to one specific platform for platform, yes. devices. In
2: the beginning, sorry if I in the beginning of the mobile business, you could only download tone from your service <laughs> provider, right. right? So maybe we're at that point of history mm-hmm. now. and mm-hmm. We're moving towards having more providers. So in, in thinking about solutions to this, one, one thing initially occurs to me that I have noticed, because I have looked a little bit at um, the Apple um, app stores uh, uh, you know, and what is actually the kinds of uh, programs that are actually distributed? Uh, very often they have some kind of reference to legal information. It, it seems like it's sort of a non, non-official kind of license. But sometimes they say, ah, this is this app is licensed under the GPL. Source code available at GitHub repository is this sort of our developers just not aware of the issue or are they're actually trying to kind of circumvent these terms and finding a clever way to get around them by saying well you know, you know who who knows what what the actual licenses for the app as distributed through the official channel is but you can always get source code from our repository I have seen a number of examples like that. is that a, a, a good approach to the problem is it even? Mm-hmm. Sort of an, an intentional one, or does it seem like likely that it's just based on a, a failure to see the, the possible conflicts between the terms and the, and the licenses?
4: Well, in that case, you assume at, at first that the developer is going to has knowledge about what the GPL does and is going to comply with the GPL, understand what the GPL means, etc. So, in spite of all the um, troubles that um, the process of submitting your app is is, is making to the developer. In 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 terms of um, not complying, in spite of all that, is willing to comply and provide source. So I would take the problem for from the other end, which is at the app store. um, There should be a better process to make compliance easy. They should. I mean, it's it's Mm. it doesn't have to be very difficult. They they can just say, all right. So you want to submit an app to the app store. So first step, right? Is it open source or is it free software or is it um, proprietary software. If you click free software, then well, you have different steps. Like, is it uh, copyleft or not? Do you want to provide source and then they can host source? I mean, mm-hmm. there are different technical uh, issues that the the app store operators could put in place to but make compliance mm-hmm. easy. They could, but they're not. They are uh, very unlikely to do so because all of those agreements
1: all con- contradicts free software licenses, particularly GPL, in various different ways. And even Google, who's generally friendly to free software, has such contradictions because they have, in their minds, bigger fish to fry. They're more concerned about generating the revenue and, and, and creating these stores. And I think, I think that we need to respond to that as a free software community and say, well, we want to make free software-only app stores that you can get at, and then try to give an advocacy campaign to get people to add it to their device so they start using it. If we write enough applications that are on those app stores, we can just circumvent the whole system like we've done before in the free software world.
2: So there's a question.
4: No, sir. Uh, that's not exactly true. For example, the Intel App Store. Yeah, it's a non one. You start by selecting your license. If mm. you select your license and you don't you don't upload your source, it does not allow you to validate uh, the thing. So it's doable. And Intel App Store.
1: Well, but how does it know the source is the right source?
4: Uh, they do some checking. If you try to upload uh, any source, it just rejects. I tried. That's interesting. it's yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, we have an, another know, question. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a particular problem with the um, things like the, the very bull garden where they even use it on escape, which is that mm. that's kind of opposed the
2: whole point of the free software. Yep. Mm-hmm. The person who received the software is able to take a modified version of somebody else that they or somebody else made. And, well, the GPLv2 doesn't prohibit that, but the GPLv3 does. And so if Apple were to actually make it really possible for GPLv3 apps to be on the App Store, they would blow open their whole crazy censorship nightmare. Well, but it's so, uh, so, so strict identity. GPLv2
1: aren't allowed either on apps on, yeah. on that or or, or Android for that matter. They could, be. They, could be. <laughs> no. well, no. they could
2: write a license, they could write the terms of conditions for the App Store so that GPLv2 would be allowed, but they can't write the terms of conditions so that GPLv3 would be allowed and still keep their users on the
0: lock and key, because right. the
1: whole point of the is Yeah, well it depends on what you mean by lock and key, because there's lots of locks that they have mm-hmm. as well, for example the applications aren't allowed to do certain things, and so of course if you're, oh. I- if temp- you're uploading a free software yeah. thing, it's it, it, it could do yeah. all sorts of different things. And I would th- suggest
4: so th- th- one thing yeah. that I think I'm quite optimistic mm-hmm. that we can fix the agreements to make sure that the incompatibilities can be Um, Dealt with. the optimism of youth is
1: beautiful.
4: (laughs) 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 If you you just read, okay, Apple updates the terms from time to time, it's very difficult to keep track of the changes, but um, two months ago, they changed uh, the iOS developer terms, and you don't have a paragraph where they they are mentioning, if you um, upload an application under GNU GPL, then please comply. Which okay doesn't make sense because it's very difficult to comply. It's and impossible. And you might say <laughs> Please do
1: the impossible. And you might <laughs> say it's not,
4: but but still they say you you I mean why would they have a paragraph saying if you uh, submit GPL applications well, then do comply? It's
2: GPL. It's false.
1: It's
4: false. Yeah, but yeah. there is an explicit mention of GNU General Public License in the paragraph. Yes, there is.
1: The, they do that. They. they no, but oh, they're not trying. They're just no, trying. They anyways, just want them. They super
3: I just wanted to point out that as the end user, the end user does is uh, forbidden to uh, circumvent reverse engineering, decompile yeah. the software. So, I mean, th- how does this uh, comply with uh, right. GPL?
1: Uh, requirements. Right, right. It the, the, the I mean, A- Apple's pathological uh, hate of the GPL means that the only reason they put that in there was just to confuse the whole issue yeah. and make you think that you can upload GPL stuff when you can't. They would like to have GPL applications but no enforcement on them mm-hmm. uh, and that's why the whole VLC thing happened. Oh. And, th- and that's probably an answer. Th- they're adding that as an answer to the VLC thing to hope they can convince developers to upload useful GPLv3 apps but then hope that no one will realize that they're automatically out of compliance with the GPL just by uploading.
2: So speaking of VLC, uh, John Sullivan of the FS. Jeff had a comment.
1: Yeah, well, it's got your mention of the signing thing. Like, you can't make a modified version and install it on your um, device, which is why I think that mobile application stores are different from just like the bookstore. Because you know, as bad as the Kindle store might be, you can at least put your own PDF on the device, whereas you know, Apple's rules prevent you from doing that with a, a program that you might have. But Right now, technically in the U.S., you have an exemption to where you can jailbreak your device and install your own stuff on it. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to encourage people, because February 12th, um, I guess, maybe uh, not, you know, people in the U.S. write to the um, government to ask them to extend that exemption because it might be expiring. And people outside the U.S. will hopefully continue, since a lot of uh, rules about DRM and stuff are modeled um, on the U.S. is terrible the MCA, You know, pushing for those exemptions in other countries too. would be a big you know, blow against the control of that. So uh with mm-hmm. Android phone, I think you can install
3: application without routing Yeah, it. that's
1: correct. It depends on the device, but yeah. it's often uh, correct, yes. So it permits GPS
3: v3 because uh, mm-hmm. I think you can modify the
1: application on the world scene. Right, but be, be clear that there's two different ways to install yeah. things on Android. One is, well actually there's three different ways. One is to use the Google App Store, one is to add your own URL for a different App Store, and the third is to just install a, install a package using like a USB key, USB yeah, uh, cable. ID and all three have different implications. The problem with the Google one, is the Google terms of conditions don't allow you to pu- upload GPLs the GPL software that you've derived from because it requires you to give a certain license to Google that you can't give if you're not the sole, the single solitary copyright holder so even if the even if the distribution later would be in compliance you can't as a developer agree to the Terms of Service and put a derived GPL program up onto the App Store Yeah,
3: but it would be possible if they change the license uh
1: um, Agreed. Good. I mean, I mean, I think at Google's point correct, and I hope you succeed. Um, I mean, I hope <laughs> you convince. I mean, I think Google will be the first place that to try and convince them to fix yeah. it, right? Yeah, sure. I um, mean, I think they, Google, might fix it, maybe. Um, but, uh, but that's that's the thing is we're we're in this weird situation where we have to advocate back to these people to get our rights back that we just are handing away by saying, well, we're just going to use your app store. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm advocating for doing free software app stores that don't have these kinds of terms right. at all.
0: Uh, joy. Yeah. Uh, what's that? F-droid.
1: Yeah. The, for example, F-Droid market. You can say something. Sure. Yeah.
2: Sure. So, uh, any uh, concluding comments, Giovanni?
3: Well, uh, just just to conclude, uh, I I just wanted to point out one one uh, other issues more than concluding <coughs> that uh, there is not much uh, uh, um, awareness of uh, the problems of compliance with FOSS. I open log. There was last March an Open Logic research which pointed out that, uh, uh, like, uh, um, 70, uh, 71 percent mobile apps uh, with uh, a false code do not comply with license terms. So it's two thirds of false apps do not comply with license terms, and they are uh, available at app stores. I'm not suggesting uh, to enforce. Uh, uh, any GPL violation in that point, but we should have to raise an issue. We should have to try and address the issues, maybe not uh, uh, by uh, um, by building a free only a free software only app store, but uh, um, uh, lobbying as much as possible to have uh, uh, conditions which uh, are uh, in favor of any kind of uh, force.
2: You go, closing comments on the issue?
4: Um, hmm. Difficult to give conclusion on that.
2: Um or Bradley?
4: <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, th- I, I think that uh, we should enforce against people violating uh, GPL everywhere, and in particular on app stores. I'm grateful that the VLC developers uh, led the way on that and hope others will. And uh, I think that uh, b- going back to begging for people to change things letting Google and Apple and everybody else to be in control of how we distribute our software and then beg them please to let us do it in a way we want to uh, that's antithetical to free software we should do in our own way uh, in a way that fits our
4: ideals of software freedom well I think it will would, it, it would be very difficult uh, if I mean because of the connection with devices and devices being produced by big corporations. So I think because of that, it's going to be very difficult to have uh, mainstream free software um, apps only.
2: Okay. so I I think uh, we are now out of time. So Mm -hmm. I want to thank our panelists.
1: You should comment since I was on that panel, so you should say what you thought. I should
0: comment. I mean, I thought that. Well, I mean, obviously, I think largely I agree with you. Um, I think it was really. I thought. I think it was a good panel that, you know, had had brought forth the issues. Of course, you know, it would have been really cool in retrospect if we had gotten somebody from one of the companies that have, you know, that that have these app stores and promulgate these user agreements.
1: I think the, the only panel. one we would have been able to convince to come would have been Google to talk about the Android situation. And I've talked with Google about that problem that the the Google Android Store terms of service have. And it, it's somewhat in, unsolvable because they're – They're afraid. On the one hand, I mean, I think I I think I understand their position to be basically. On the one hand, they don't want to just be a common carrier because they want to do editorial control and decide Mm -hmm. what's on the application store, and and that's I mean that fits with my supermarket analogy. Supermarkets decide what products are going to carry what products. They don't. That part doesn't bother me. The problem with that is then they have a liability, and that's the the extent to which they're they're they want this extra license because they are afraid that they're taking on liability by having an application store and I'm not that I'm an apologist for them um, I just think the answer is we don't want these things right. controlled by companies that's the main problem and that's yeah I mean
0: I problem. think your point about it being a point of control I think that's absolutely correct I mean, I think that's how this functions I had a really interesting just to give my own anecdote to this since I wasn't on the panel even though I was in the room I think my own experience with this is that I you know I agree with the comments um, by the other participants that it would be so easy to edit the um, the agreement such that um, free software could be included and respected um, such that I, uh, I had called one of the, the major app stores. Um, I don't, I think I won't name them, but, um, but I called. Well, there's only three to choose from. I know. It, 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 and it's and probably it's not, not Google. Microsoft. And
1: it's probably not Microsoft.
0: I'm not saying whether it was Microsoft <laughs> or Apple, but, uh, but I called them and said, you know, I think we can make some really minor edits to your app store agreements and, and, and be able to distribute GPLed applications rather than, you know, you being inadvertently out of compliance or, or or any of this stuff. Um and the first conversation, the first response that I got back was, that sounds great. Um I'm I'm not the right person to talk to you. I spoke to a lawyer that I knew. I'm not the right person to talk to, I'll get you the right person, let's have this conversation, great. Um and then the response that I got ultimately was a phone call in the middle of the night. Like not even just simply, you know, uh, you know, an East Coast West Coast thing. It was, it was like the timestamp was like midnight or something like that when they knew I was not going to be one oh, in the morning, not answering my phone, and it basically said, "Oh, uh, I'm afraid I can't get back to you on this. Um, I would love to talk to you about these issues and, and to hear your views as an interested, um, as an interested attorney in the um, in the open source world." Um, but I wouldn't be speaking officially on behalf of my employer.
1: Well, then the, that actually kind of explains the timestamp because they probably called from home to make it clear that they weren't calling on behalf of Apple.
0: Yeah. I think they also or really, whoever it was. I think if they, or Apple. whoever it was, I don't, I don't think they wanted to, I, I think that they, they just didn't, didn't want to talk to me because I would have pressed them. And I mean, there was nothing for me to call them back. I mean, I wasn't going to call that lawyer back and say, well, here are all my views. I mean, yeah. what a waste of time.
1: Well, they can listen to our podcast and hear our views. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If they really want to know. Yeah,
0: I mean, but they, we've been, there's been enough. Out there, that they know what our views are. I
1: mean, yeah, and so and so, I I think that that um, so
0: it's a conscious choice. I mean, it's not like this inadvertent. Yeah, I mean, I mean and,
1: and it's naive for us to believe that we're actually going to get the changes we Even Google, who is probably more friendly than most, that uh, they had to draw a line there for reasons that make sense, given that they want the control point. And if they don't want to give up the control point, they need that extra license more than likely, because then they need to cover their own worry about liability. Um, so it, it, I think it's, I think we have to just rethink all of this and say we want free software yep. uh, application stores and encourage their adoption. And it, it, this is an easy thing to win. I mean, it's not easy in the sense that, that it won't require a lot of work and advocacy. But if we have written a lot of great GPL applications for Android and we have a free software repository, it will be the thing people add first when they get an Android phone. Yeah, you can say I don't. I, I want other. I mean, and and the Android is on this right because even in lockdown phones, you can say I want other markets, and then add the URL of the market. Right. So, um, so you do have to make a a, a positive step to say you're not going to be stuck in the Android. I do have Android to say
0: market. it's been a pain not having an app store um, for well, for software and, and for and my phone. It means that I rarely add any software.
1: Yeah. Why? Well, well, I don't. Why don't you just do it with APKs? I do. It yeah. just. It just takes time. It just you just plug in a USB cable and, and
0: yeah. A I know command. it just takes time. I mean, like it's just I have to think about doing it.
1: Well, so actually, there's don't... not many
0: applications to add anyway. There are some.
1: There's like twelve GPL. <laughs> I mean, there's not many.
0: That's a lot more than I have actually yeah. on my well, phone. I mean, some of them you might not <laughs> want.
1: Some of them might not be features you need. Yeah. So it's it, there's not many for for Android phones. <laughs> I
0: so. guess if I did it a few times, it wouldn't feel like my main pain. problem
1: is is that I run old hardware, so um, it's. Some of the stuff We're running work. the same hardware. You're running that, So it's a lot of stuff that yeah. run, or it doesn't run well. It runs slow. Even yeah. K9, which is the email client, runs yep. really slow on that phone. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to stop using it until it breaks because I don't
0: want to. Or until Google gives you another phone. Um. That's what happened in the past.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're actually, so no, that's adamant true. about going out there. That's about not true. Actually, because Google, I have another phone waiting in the cupboard that was a gift from Google that I'm not using because I'm waiting for this one to break. Then I'll use that one. Uh huh. And then that way I, I don't have to I, I get the maximum out of money. But all isn't
0: that phone like that. the same phone that you have? No, no, no. Right?
1: I have I have a Nexus one in the cover. Oh, I was thought there were gift from other Google. reasons
0: why you weren't interested in using the Nexus one. Well
1: the my main issue
0: I now thought that, is that it that, wasn't I thought that it wasn't uh wasn't it a T Mobile AT&T issue? No, I
1: I actually have a T Mobile and an oh, ATT one because they gave me two. And so oh, how nice. Well because they gave they gave them they used to give them away a lot. The uh, the problem is is that is that I don't want to produce more stuff Mm -hmm. or cause more stuff to end up in landfills than I don't need to be in landfills. And also that every phone I get, some slave in Shenzhen has to make it for me.
0: So if you have the phone sitting in your closet... What's the difference between switching to that phone and using it until it breaks, and then going back to the older phone that you have?
1: Oh, you, oh, you mean I could switch and then go back? Yeah, I mean it's just it's just easier to to, to stay on the same phone mean? and then like, yeah, I mean I could be I could be switching. Because you already and forth. have
0: that phone, and I by not using forth, it, I mean you're.
1: No, I'm just saving it so that I mean I'm probably set for phones for the next decade. But That's what if the there's?
0: But what if there's like truly a a new you know sort of like a like an openmoco style successful. Free software phone? Wouldn't you switch to that? Well, like if I mean, if a fully if
1: it, oh, you mean if the GSM uh-huh. software doesn't uh-huh. run on one of these? I don't know what I'll do about that. That's a tough question because that that would mean that the Harold. You're basically saying Harold's GSM stuff runs on some phone, and it's not one of the ones I currently have in yes. the cupboard. Um, if that happens, it'll be a tough decision because then I have to decide between slave labor and Shenzhen building something for me and um, and free and free software on the GSM chipset. That's a tough choice. I mean, that, this is the problem with our electronics. Yeah. We should pay more for our it's, electronics. It's
0: true, true. I actually also have not. I mean, I also have, have used all of my phones until they've broken. Um, and that was true of the phone that I, I was using. It was already broken when I switched um, to this phone. It was barely usable. Um, although, um, yeah. I'm going to link to this. That I was going to say, although I did have that open MoCo, and I think it, it was sort of broken, but it wasn't really broken.
1: If people don't know what I'm talking about with regard to the Shenzhen situation in electronics, everybody does everybody know I yet? Think everybody I knows. But then why, why aren't people changing their behaviors then if they all know? Well,
0: there aren't great options.
1: Well, but, but it's very easy if we slow down our consumption, right? Just at least slow down our yeah, consumption.
0: Yeah, I think people know and they don't really care. It's really sad.
1: Well, I'm going to link to the, this American life story that, that I heard that, that was probably the best explanation that I heard of the whole situation. And people can listen to that from cool. the show notes. But, uh, um, okay. that's why I'm, I already was preferring for landfill based reasons only buying used hardware and so forth. And I've been doing that for years. But um and when when I had influence over policies, I, I tried to influence organizational policies to do that too. Um and then unfortunately I worked for organizations that just didn't care enough. Um and just uh, you know, basically told me that I was uh that I was holding everyone back because they couldn't have new hardware. Um, whatever that means. Um the belief that you need a, a you must have certain hardware to do your job. I think it's if, if all you do is edit documents all day.
0: Right. Like
1: I edit emails and documents all day. I don't even compile anything that often. And Mm -hmm. if that's all you do, I I don't know if you need new hardware anyway. But anyway, so I've always done that, but now I mean... But if you're watching
0: a lot of videos...
1: Well the, well, the thing is, is Which most, a lot
0: of people do. Yeah,
1: MKV files, I think, are slow on older hardware, but, um, like, like, I guess you really want HD, but who needs, who needs HD? I mean, nobody, I'm waiting you. Nobody, nobody needs HD. What are but, you talking
0: about? But uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to close myself in because I might actually want a new phone mm. later. I mean, I don't because I, I haven't in a long time. I tend not to acquire I mean, new why things. why do you need
1: watch videos on your phone? I anyway? don't. I mean, people, why do people need well. to? It's. It's like I mean, it's like it's give me convenience. Because or give me how
0: death. how do you show people otters holding hands when you're um, in the park and having a conversation?
1: Otters don't have hands. Don't
0: so
1: <laughs> so this is not about anyway, great.
0: Anyway, Well, I think I just I I think actually the pa- the panel pretty much speaks for itself. I don't really have that much to add. Okay. Personally, so I mean, I, and I
1: already said what I was going to say on the panel, so. If I just added things, I'd be seeing things that I already said on the panel. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that panel. And we've got more from FOSDOM coming. So uh, you better get used to it.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we'll record another episode in the middle We're of We're not
1: going to do that. We're just going to get through this FOSDOM. So you know that.
0: But the FOSDEM stuff is good stuff. Yeah. So,
1: uh, I'm not I saying it's not. I just uh, There's some
0: good content here, people. Agreed. Great.
1: So they better agree with us.
0: If but, not, let they us can, know. They can, I think we can stop like listening. hearing. We like hearing. Uh, I guess. Yeah. But. Or you can stop listening now that we know we have more than three listeners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and you can just wait. I could check the website until the FOSDOM stuff is over. We have three
0: listeners in Sri Lanka alone.
1: <laughs> but if they don't <laughs> like the content, they could wait for the FOSDOM That's period true. to end and then come back as listeners later. So maybe you should just do that. But
0: thank you for listening. Free as in Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of Pod Factory and can be found at podfactory.org. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. This episode of Free and Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. You can follow Free as in Freedom, Bradley and Karen, on Identica and also read Bradley and Karen's blogs. Links can be found on the Free and Freedom website, f-a-i-f.us. That's faith.us.